you've been writing for top tier outlets for oh about a decade now yeah just over a decade man it's I almost man, surprised yeah. myself <laughs> What is up, Mentors Collective? Uh, welcome to another episode. I've got an awesome guest for you today to discuss something that I love to talk about, being in PR. Uh, this guy uh, has been using the tactics that we teach for a long time to grow his own business. And we're going we're gonna to jump into it for a second, but I just want to go ahead and introduce Jabez Lebret. Let me know how I pronounce that. Perfect. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you Good. for having Good me. Good to hear. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Really excited to get into it. And you've got a really interesting story based on, uh, you know, our initial conversation and what I've read. So we'd love to just kind of jump, actually, before we jump into your story, let's talk about what this episode is going to be about. And that's going to be utilizing uh, the ability to write and publish for top tier media outlets to actually grow your business. A lot of people want to do it for cloud or backlinks or SEO, um, but there's a lot of other benefit outside of that that exists. And we're going to jump into that today, not only to figure out how you did it, um, but how other people can potentially get into the same position to utilize those organic media traffic and authority markers, essentially, to actually grow their business. Uh, but let's start off just hearing a little bit about you as an entrepreneur. Where did you start? How did you, you know, become this successful businessman? Well, um, it always starts with a fantastic failure. My first company. Um ran into the ground in about 16 months. So that was <laughs> always exciting. And uh, got into consulting after that and started another company that's still up and running, sold that. It was a marketing agency for law firms. Sold that back in 2017 to pursue uh, wanting to get into the education area arena and help some kids that needed some, some help, you know? And I was one of those troubled kids myself growing up. And so my wife and I opened up a tuition-free all-girls boarding high school for underserved youth in San Diego. And our pilot year of boarding students was last school year. And unfortunately, when COVID hit, um, we had to close the school down and, and since made a pivot. And now I'm out raising more money again and launched a uh, ed tech company that focuses on big data for K-12 education, help students out. Super exciting stuff. Uh, obviously, big data is a, a huge industry right now. Uh, it seems like a fun progression. And like you said, every entrepreneurial journey starts with some kind of motivator. It sounds like you had it, and it sounds like you're filling in some holes from, from the childhood. So good for you. Uh, Thank you. Good for everyone to hear how people come up and develop the businesses that they're in today. Uh, now we'd love to kind of go into the meat and get into some value. Uh, and you've been writing for top tier outlets for oh about a decade now? Yeah, just over a decade. Man, it's I almost Man, surprised yeah. myself. <laughs> Yeah, it's a long time, and I'm sure the lay of the land has changed a bit, uh, including you know the popularity. I'm sure has increased with yeah. PR. Obviously, what what we do, um, that's a whole other other story. But how did you originally get into it? How did you secure that first real top tier contributorship? And how did you use that essentially to to grow your business? Yeah, as you know, and as you've talked about in your your previous episodes, um, you know the the power of writing is important. Right. And so, you know, and, and you and I have talked about that, about just different, different ways to write and different places to write and things to write for reasons to write. And for me, um, writing for tier one media was a complete accident. Um, I didn't actually intend to do it. I have since learned how to do it. So I now can help people understand how to kind of un unbox that a little bit and, and find out what are the little pieces that you don't know underneath the hood 
to get you where you really want to be and why. Um, I went to a conference in Chicago, the guy on stage um, and I had met on LinkedIn. We had, you know, kind of become friends and we had chatted. We'd never met in person. He was the one running the conference. It was his first time. Uh, I show up there and he he wanted to make it look like, hey, look how awesome LinkedIn is. And and he said, you know, here's this guy, Jabez. And, you know, he's stand up. And so I stand up. There's like 500 people there. And he's like, you know, this guy right here, he's doing some really amazing work. And he's one of the most brilliant marketers that I've ever seen. And he's talking me up like crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because it makes him look good, right? So he's like on stage and he's like, oh, this guy's incredible. And the power of LinkedIn got me connected to this guy. And so when the conference is over, these two women approach me and one of them goes, hey, you know, hi, you know, I'm my name is Nancy. I'm a senior editor for NBC Chicago. And I'm wondering who you're writing for. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, several different places, you know? And I was like, well, why do you ask? And she's like, oh, well, you know, we don't know if you would possibly have the bandwidth, but we just really think it would be amazing if you were a contributor uh, at NBC. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, geez, let me think about that. Yes, <laughs> I was like, of course, I would absolutely would love to do that. That would be amazing. Um, and that kind of started the journey. That was like the first, I, I kind of fell into it because some guy was trying to look good and he made me look good. And the next thing you know, the editor happened to be in the room. Um, but I, I wouldn't rely on that as the tactic for for other people. That was luck. No, but goes to show what borrowed, the power of borrowed credibility is. This guy's on stage. He automatically has credibility from being on stage, gives it to you essentially with what he said. Now, all of a sudden, these you know top tier editors want a piece of you. That's an amazing story. Uh, definitely not one to plan to replicate for others, but uh, I mean, if you can, great, to, <laughs> I just, I wouldn't can, put all your eggs in that basket. That. <laughs> Man, if you can orchestrate that kind of situation, more power to me. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, uh, so you started writing for M MS MSNBC? Uh, just NBC. So yeah, so I wrote for NBC, NBC on their entrepreneurial column. Um, and it was at the time it was 400 words was my um, kind of target. They had me writing weekly. Um, unpaid, by the way, which was fine. I, I wasn't doing wow. it for the pay. And, and it took me months and months and months to realize really the power of writing for like an NBC. I mean, at first I just thought it was cool. I was like, this is neat. I'm writing for NBC. That's super fun. And so I did it because it was fun. And I'd come up with all these stories and stuff and whatnot. I finally realized like, wait a minute, I, I was just randomly talking to somebody and I was like, oh, you know, I'm looking for another story for NBC. And they were like, oh, you write for NBC? Like, here, can you write about our CEO? And I was like, oh, I was like, sure, that, that, that'd be a great story. Let me, let me meet them. And so sat down, had coffee, ran an interview. And I got to thinking, you know, geez, it is kind of a big deal to write for a tier one media outlet. Maybe if I reached out to people and said, hey, would you be open to me interviewing you? They would say yes. And I was like, I mean, that sounds so obvious Eventually. now, <laughs> but at the time I was <laughs> like, oh, geez, this makes total sense. I'm not a gotcha journalist, right? I'm not running the beat. I'm a contributor. I'm trying to add value and just say, tell good stories and give good information. And so I just started reaching out to people that I needed to have contact with, that I wanted to have contact with, like people that I, I needed a meeting with, but I was having trouble getting those meetings and said, hey, can I come interview you for NBC? And I learned nobody says no. Like they all say yes. And so I was getting meetings with everybody. And then I started having fun with it. I just started interviewing some people that I just wasn't really professionally, but wanted to know and get into their sphere basically. And it, it turned out to be an amazing, amazing way to get 
meetings, basically. Yeah, nobody's going to say no to an interview for a, a top-tier news station like that. So it's, it's, it's an amazing power. It's just like owning any popular marketing channel. If you want to interview somebody and they get to borrow the quote from NBC, potentially get all this organic reach for answering a couple of questions, you get in the door with whoever you want. Uh, and that's why we encourage everyone to start podcasts. You can grow that podcast to uh, a thousand plus listeners. You're going to get meetings with people you never hope to do. Absolutely. And and you so you got to think about it about that way, right? Like it's the amplification of your network. So it, yes. it not every meeting was someone who I needed to have a meeting with. A lot of the meetings and the interviews were people that I knew that if I got interviews with them, and then I can start piggybacking on that, or I can start connecting, or they'll connect me with more people, you know, that that they know. And so it's really that kind of strengthening of your network that I think is the power of it all. And of course getting meetings with people that you need to sit down and talk to. 100%. Uh, so I know the, the lay of the land may have been different once you, when you started writing there, but when you were doing these interviews, were you just giving them kind of mentions in the articles that you were doing about other topics, or were you doing full features on these, these people every week? And what uh, yeah. was your freedom in, in doing that? Uh, I had basically two things that I did most of the time. Um, one of them was I would interview somebody full feature. So like I was at South by Southwest and I'm standing in the room and the number two guy at Zappos at the time, and this was in about 2011, um, number two guy sitting there giving a presentation, great presentations over, everybody floods and runs up to the front to talk to the, to the speakers. And I look over and there's Tony Shea um, standing on the wall, just like on his phone and like nobody's talking to him. And I'm like, Holy crap, that's the founder. Like the number two guy was awesome, but that's the guy who started the whole thing. And so I just walked over and said, hey, uh, pretty awesome that you're, you know, your number two did such a great job. And, you know, look at this, like he's getting like flooded and that, that must make you proud. And that's that's a pretty cool thing to, to be around. And would you, you know, would you be open to an interview someday? And he's like, sure. He's like, fly out to Las Vegas and I'll put you up and come and let's spend the day together. So I flew out to Las Vegas and spent a day with Tony Shea in 2011 while he was still rapidly growing Zappos, which is just kind of one example of a just a fun, cool experience. Awesome to get to like spend time with somebody like that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that that uh, poor poor guy kind of took a turn there at the end, but um, just really was an amazing experience. And I I replicated that a lot. So a lot of those kinds of meetings with people. Um, and then the other side of it was conferences. So I would cover topics that I would find at a conference and I was always getting press passes to go to the conference. So like I never paid for a conference again. So like I got to go to every any conference I wanted to go to, I got to go for free, which is awesome. And then I would write stories. Oh, you get, oh, and then you can interview anybody at the conference. So like interview any of the speakers you want. You can, I mean, like you, you're the media, right? So you show up and you've got your badge on and it says NBC on it. And then you're like, hey, yeah. I want to interview, you know, the, the keynote speaker. And they will always make time for you to go back to the green room or wherever they, they have them and uh, get a chance to interview them. So I would cover a lot of conferences and then obviously do a lot of interviews. Man, that sounds so much fun. It was a uh, blast. You know, unpaid as it is, uh, there's so much opportunity and doors that open from just being in the same room as some of these people, like you mentioned, uh, that the value there is just unstated. Uh, absolutely amazing. And now, do you still write for uh, NBC? 
I do not. Um, I kind of, I ran out of time. You know, I enjoyed my writing for NBC. It was great um, and, and really was helpful. And then I took that and leveraged it into the Forbes writing. I uh, wanted to get a little bit more national. And so, and that's really kind of to the meat of what I talk to people about, about how to, how to do it now is start yes. local. You, you don't need to write for Inquirer or Inc or whatever at the beginning. And in fact, it's really hard to do that now. It, it's, it's more difficult to get in now than it used to be. So I always say, go to your local affiliate, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, right? So one of those four main, the main hitters, and they'll have a local station, right? And so you go to your, whether you're in San Diego or Seattle or Tampa or wherever, it doesn't matter. Go to your local city, find the one that has a blog, basically, right? They have contributors and you just simply approach the editor and you say, and, and, and the approach to the editor is, I mean, it's important, like you can't just don't just reach out and email them and say, hey, I want to write for you. That's not going to work. But you you know, you know, reach out to the editor and then you start there and it's still NBC. And then eventually you get enough pieces written where you can go to a Forbes or go to an Inc and say, hey, here's my 80 pieces I have written for NBC. I would like to be a contributor here and they will pick up your phone call because they've kind of seen that you've been vetted at that point. Yeah, that's actually a really good tactic that I've never heard before. Uh, the one that we teach is uh, do Forbes Counselor Entrepreneur Leadership Network and try and publish a bunch there and use that as kind of your portfolio, uh, which is like what, I, what I'm currently doing. I'm part of the Entrepreneur Leadership Network. I just published my second article. Awesome. And my goal is to kind of do what you're doing, build a portfolio, prove your worth, and then you're able to eventually approach those bigger outlets. Absolutely. Uh, so how, how would you approach the editor at your local news station, if not by email? Um, what is What do you think the best method today is? Yeah, I, you know, you have to understand what the goal is of the publication, right? And I don't mean like what kind of style of publication is it that is important, but I mean like the goal of the editor's like basically job is to make sure that there's not crap showing up on their, <laughs> their channel, right? So it's gotta be quality and it's gotta get eyeballs. And they, they are, that's what the whole point is, is to get more eyeballs, right, onto their website so that they can sell more ad space so that they can continue to make more money. And so when you understand that, that the business model of it all, you realize how you have to pitch. You have to pitch in a way that the editor understands that the content you are going to produce will bring an audience to read that material. And so you have to express that, like, I really appreciate your section about X, Y, and Z. So whatever your business is, right, take your expertise kind of angle. I really appreciate the section in your, your website that talks about these things. And these are things that I know about. These are people that I want to interview. And this is the kind of content I want to produce and why I think that content's valuable to your readers and why I will bring an odd, more of an audience to your website. And you just got to be really upfront about it. Like, don't try to dance around it. Say like, literally like, these are the five people that I want to interview and I'm going to interview them. And these people are obviously famous in the thing that they do. And that's going to bring a lot more visitors to your website. And you know, my goal is to make your site as valuable and awesome as possible. Yeah. Do you think another way to maybe add value in that initial contact is like doing some keyword research up front and putting together some uh, maybe titles that you plan on writing. Do you think that's important to them? Absolutely. I think that shows a savviness in understanding how content works online. So yes, if you have that capability and you can do some keyword research and you can drop some search volume numbers on it, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that if you can show an angle, so what is it that, that you want to 
present yourself as what is your angle and so for you know for a long time at NPC I was you know an entrepreneur writing about entrepreneurship from behind the curtain you know that's kind of was my angle and then at Forbes for a long time I was writing about innovation and marketing and so it's like I had a I told I, I labeled what my what am I right and in that way it helps the editor understand kind of a little bit of a personality of who you are and in how you intend to write are you wanting to write about cutting edge stuff? Are you wanting to write about simplifying complex things? Are you wanting to write about sales? Are you wanting to write it like you got to find your angle? And then, like you said, if you can do keyword research, if you can understand the nature of the length of posts, you know, I noticed that a lot of your posts on your website are between 800 and a thousand words, which is great because of X, Y, and Z, like go ahead and acknowledge that you understand how it's working. Yeah, love that. And I guess some of the social media platforms that you might be able to reach out by them. You know, LinkedIn, I've met some amazing people. Uh, I don't know if they just get bombarded on LinkedIn and maybe that's not the best place. I don't know. I don't think uh, they get pitched for writers as much as you think they would. I, I, yeah. I honestly, I've, I've, I've taught dozens and dozens of people this whole thing. And out of all of the dozens of people I've taught to do it, only one that I know of actually went and did it. Like it, it's, and it, it's just because people just don't right. Like they get intimidated. They, I'm not a writer. Like I'm not, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not ready yet. Like I, I think a lot of it is I'm not ready to write for NBC, but no, no, you yeah. are ready to write for NBC. <laughs> like you stop limiting yourself thinking that it's not time yet. You can wait until it's perfect and you'll never get there. So it, the time is now and you just need to figure out your angle and go. And if you get shot down, don't worry about it. Go. I got totally shot down at Forbes the first time that I approached him. And so it's okay. I mean, that's part of your business too, right? Like anybody growing a business needs to have thick enough skin to understand that you're gonna get, you're gonna get shot down, and that's fine. Um, and I think that there's a few things you can do when you do get shot down to kind of try to overcome that. But I think that it's important to remember, like sometimes it's gonna take a couple of tries. Absolutely. And and LinkedIn, do you think that's the best way to go about finding? Probably easiest way to find them is probably going to be on LinkedIn, but doing yep. that initial connection outreach. Do LinkedIn, check out the articles they've posted, check out the things you're interested in, find out a little bit about them as a person, right? Just think of this like any sales type of yeah. situation. Get to know them a little bit as much as you can. And on the website, on the actual like NBC, CBS, ABC website will be their actual email address. The, the senior editor's information is always, always, always on the website. And so you can just go there, take the email address, email them, connect with them on LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter, like do all of the things that you would do if you're trying to build a relationship with somebody and talk about their stuff. And then when they say no, don't walk away. You know, like you got you got to have a plan for when they say no. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think about, I know you said a good place to start is your local news network, but do you think the senior editor might come back and say, well, you want to write for you know a professional news site? Like, what have you written before? Uh, is there any way to build your portfolio beforehand? Maybe show them some of your work so that you can actually get in the door and say, "Hey, I can write." No, hundred percent. Um, blogs, guest blogging on other people's blogs, maybe magazines. Trade magazines are a great place to get content written. So if you go to an association, write a blog article for them. Um, post an article on LinkedIn. You, all of those, any any content can be used, right? So so do come prepared with some content um, that you have produced at some point in time. It's just at least a few sample pieces. It doesn't have to be a ton. 
And what I did with Forbes when they said no, and I was like, and to be honest, I'd gotten a little bit maybe cocky because I was like, I had like 80 pieces written on NBC and I was like, oh, this is a shoe in because I got an introduction to the senior editor and she's like, no thanks. And I was like, but wait, what? I was like, I thought I've done everything I was supposed to do. And I was like, okay, I didn't follow my own advice. I went back, I said, here's my angle. Here's why the audience is going to be interested. Here's the people I want to interview. And here's a sample article. And she said, oh, she's like, well, that article isn't really quite what I think we're, we're interested in right now. I said, fine, no problem. Don't worry about it. And I said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go publish it somewhere else. And then I wrote another article the next week and sent it to her. And she's like, oh, no, not really right now. I sent another article the next week. <laughs> and I just started sending her articles every week until she was like, oh, is this guy's not going to go away. <laughs> like, fine, we'll publish your doggone stupid article. <laughs> and so they just, I wore them down, basically. Um, yeah. And, and then persistence is key in, in business and entrepreneurship. For everyone listening, take notes. That's how it's done. Absolutely. So I just kept sending them articles. And so do the same thing, you know, like find some good angles and go interview some people and say, and you can be honest about it. Say, hey, I'm trying to write for NBC and I want to interview you. And, you know, if it doesn't get on NBC, then I'm going to put it on LinkedIn. But, you know, let's let's sit down for 10 minutes and do a quick interview. And, you know, I'm going to produce some good content. I mean, that's one route you could go or just write an article of stuff you know you know be the expert and if anyone listening needs to start building their portfolio you can contact me i've got plenty of places where you can open up a contributor account and post some good content. <laughs> absolutely see there you go you've already started now you're one step closer yeah, there you go uh so now you you know you're in at forbes you've got a contributor account um, how do we use that now how do you use that to grow your business to grow your network and what are kind of your your limitations there so there are some limitations. I can't write anything where I'm being monetarily compensated in any way. So I can't write about clients, for example. So I might have a really cool, interesting client. I can't write about them um, because they're a client. And so there is that, um, which is fine. That, that, that doesn't bother me. I still do the conferences a lot. Um, something that I do now that I didn't do early, early on is I've started to tie my other projects into Forbes angles. And so a good example is I'm launching another podcast on education in K-12. And it's it's a podcast kind of designed to get me in front of investors for, for our, our company because I know like Series A is only about 18, 20 months away. And so I need to start kind of getting ready for that now. And in order to do that, I'm using a podcast, but I'm not just doing the podcast. I'm writing articles based off of the interviews I'm doing for the podcast. And that gets you the interview with the podcast a lot easier. If you reach out to somebody and say, hey, I want to interview you for my podcast and I'm going to write a story on Forbes about our conversation, they say yes. And so you get to kind of still utilize that. And so it's a great way for me to kind of cross pollinate my efforts, like all of my content efforts and trying to maximize, I'd say like Dennis Yu, a good friend of mine is always saying maximize your yield. Like he says, when you produce content, how many different ways can you use that same piece of content in different you know, avenues? And, and you've talked about that on your, your show as well about kind of repurposing and, and, and using content in smart ways. And so I, I kind of try to do that with my Forbes thing also in, in connecting it to the other projects that I'm doing. Yes, and for growing your business with this type of asset, like being a contributor at Forbes, obviously, like you said, cross-pollination, you're going to get a ton of organic traffic. Uh, you're going to get referral to that traffic from the amazing people that you're interviewing, and you're going to get so many doors open with these people that you're interviewing that never would have been able to be opened otherwise. And you get these... So if you want to... Oh, sorry, sorry. 
I'm just going to say, talking about the, the title of this podcast, which is using using your media um, contributorship to grow your business. It's a no-brainer. I mean, it's it's so multifaceted and important. Uh, just just an amazing experience. And 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 you mentioned this earlier, and I think that I I didn't want to gloss over it because when you mentioned it, I thought I think it's really important. Is that you you get into rooms that you don't normally get into, and and it can be a credibility builder in a different way. So yes, there's the credibility of, I write for this institution, um, which is great. But also um, a year ago, just over a year ago, I got invited to a think tank at Gallup in Washington DC around upward economic mobility and entrepreneurship for K-12, right? So it was like spot target, exactly the room I needed to be in. There was only, there's 40 people in this think tank and you, you sit around this huge room and you argue for like two days basically and there was only two of us that didn't have phds and and so like it it was like i i was looking around i was like what the heck am i doing here like how did i get in here and part of the reason i got in is because they're able to say oh jabez opened a school he writes for forbes he, so it's it's you get to add that and now i get to go say yeah did this right for Forbes and I've been involved in the think tank at Gallup on the topic that I do like it just starts to really build a stronger case for your credibility and and you talked about leaning on other people's or leaning on situations and people's credibility to help I think that that's an important thing to do as you continue to grow and will always be growing yes putting yourself next to people like you said being in a room with 38 PhDs uh, and ideally, if something were to get passed, whether that be a bill or something that happened from that room, and there was a list of people, and you're included next to all of these people, uh, now you know them. It's borrowed credibility. It it it's, it goes so far, and not only are you able to borrow credibility from them, but you borrow it from Forbes every day. They borrow it from Forbes. Forbes is one of the most credible news publications that there is. Uh, so such a, a, a huge marker. It can't be understated. Uh, I would love to kind of dive into a different um, direction because not only are you a contributor, uh, not only are you an entrepreneur, but you are a journalist, you're a reporter, and you probably get pitched by people with stories that want you to write about them. Uh, is, is that true? Or, you know, are you in the databases? Do you get the emails and the LinkedIn every messages day. asking you to every day? Talks, Talk to me constantly. about that. What get, is that like from your point of view? I get pitched all the time. Um, <laughs> so I. Now, I would like to caveat it with, I do need content. So I do like getting pitched because it does help me find content. With that said, people suck at pitching. Um, they just do. And, and, and part of the reason is, all right, number one, nobody, unless you're famous, and famous people don't pitch. So in, unless you're famous, nobody cares who you are. I'm not saying I wouldn't like to get to know you as a person. I'm saying you can't just rely on your name to say, oh, well, I'm this person. Okay, great. Well, okay. Um, also, the thing you think is really cool is is not the way to talk about how come someone should write about it. Like, you, you shouldn't say, like, I got pitched a little while ago and somebody was like, oh, well, it's a 10-year anniversary. That's not compelling. That, does, that doesn't give me anything. You have to treat it the same way you would pitch an editor, which is you need to come to me, the journalist, with your readers are going to want to read about this because of X, Y, and Z. Or if you have an audience that's even better and I'm bringing this size audience to the, to the article, that really helps, but it's not necessary, but it does help. I have X number of Instagram followers, Twitter, whatever it is. 
um, to, to help promote the piece, but really help explain to the journalist why the content you have is something their reader is going to want to read. And it, it's way more effective um, than just the flat out like, hey, we just got 50,000 crested, 50,000 users, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, is that good? I don't know if that's good. Maybe, maybe 500,000 is good. Maybe 50,000 sucks. Like, I don't know. You're, you're the one. Tell me. Help me understand how come it's important to the audience because I want eyeballs on my articles. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great tip, especially with the social tip, uh, to include who you're going to be bringing to the article. Uh, and that's a strategy that we haven't used that I might uh, be interested in exploring. Uh, talk to me about best subject lines, because really you only have a few seconds before your message or email gets deleted. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn or email, what, what's your preference? Typically, what do you respond to better? And what do you look for in a subject line? Um, so LinkedIn or email is fine. Um, I, I answer to both a really, really good subject line and probably the ones that are the most effective are ones that have shown you've read some of my articles. So a subject line that mentions a, an article I have already written um, is one I will tend to open. Um, you know, and that could be like, you know, hey, based on your article about XYZ, um, you know, and that, and then I'll be like, okay, what do you got? Like, because then it makes me feel like you've done kind of some of the legwork um, or um, something that acknowledges a little bit about who I am. So, I mean, honestly, one of the people that I ended up doing a whole feature on in Forbes just flat out was like, hey, you know, good luck at Gonzaga basketball this year. So they had gone on and noticed that I'm a huge Gonzaga basketball fan because I went to Gonzaga University and they that literally was their subject line, it had nothing to do with the article at all, but I opened it because I could appreciate that they they put the legwork in. Yeah, they took the time to not automate a LinkedIn message or send a blast email. Uh, and yep. that, that goes the farthest way. You say something unique, guys. Uh, I'm with you, I'm in the industry and I, I see it happen every day. Uh, so it's good to hear it coming from you as well. Yeah, be personal. Uh, it helps. Be personal be human. and take the <laughs> extra five minutes to actually look into this person and read some of the stuff he's doing. Okay, Jabez, um, talk to me about some final tips uh, for people, entrepreneurs, business owners who are looking to become contributors and use that to grow their business and increase their reach. What are some of the top tips that you can deliver Pure value. All right. Um, start retweeting and mentioning and sharing and commenting on articles of the, the editors. If you want to get closer to an editor, start building the relationship and making your name aware and, and top of mind for them ahead of time. Um, do definitely go for big interviews and do them in person. So yes, you could do the interview over the phone, but for the really big interviews, if I'm going to go interview the CEO of Ford Motor Company, then fly there and go interview them. It will be a way bigger impact in the long run on, on your ability. And then don't hesitate to, to use the other people you're going to plan to interview in the messaging around why you want to interview somebody. Hey, I'm doing a little mini series on XYZ. I'm going to be going to interview Pete Nordstrom and I'm going to interview, you know, maybe it's in retail and then I'm going to go connect with, um, you know, Vari, the, the desk standing desk company, and then I'm going to go connect and it's like save the plan so they know the company that they're in. And then that's a good way to kind of help get all of the interviews wrapped up together. Okay, great tips. I love that. And this, as this is the Mentors Collective, I always end the same way. 
uh, your number one mentor, whether it be someone you know personally or someone virtually that you read, love, and, and consume their material? Consume their material. My number one mentor was my physical science teacher in high school because he saved my arse a lot um, and really helped me out a ton, but he doesn't really do a lot of writing. Um, you know, I, I would say that I have been, um, Ed Rush is a name that comes to mind. Um, and he's a little bit lesser known um, in, in a lot of circles, but he is a, a friend of mine and really has been just a fantastic mentor and produces a lot of really good thoughtful content. Um, and, and he's a former fighter pilot, awesome guy. He's the kind of guy that everything he does is awesome. Like that's just the way that he is, um, everything he touches. And so Ed Rush is somebody that I've really enjoyed in the last several years, just leaning in on his content and just really connecting to kind of the, the topics that are around performance and being efficient and thinking about the world in a broader sense. Um, he just really is a thoughtful guy. That's a new one for me. So I'll definitely uh, check him out. I love to take a look at some of the thought leaders that I'm not familiar with. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Chavez, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, I hope to stay connected with you. And for anyone who wants to reach you, <laughs> pitch you, or whatever it might be, is there any way that, where that you prefer uh, people follow along your journey, what you're doing, whether it be your business or your entrepreneurship or your reading, where to connect? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn's great. I'm, I'm a very avid LinkedIn user, so I always recommend that's a good place to start. Love it. Jabez, again, thank you so much for joining me. This was a blast. Thank one of my One of my more fun episodes to do. I love the topic matter. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, if you loved this episode, do me a favor and click on the link in the description and head over to our exclusive Mentors Collective Facebook community where I post every single day and I give tons of value that I do not post in this podcast. Seriously, if you love this show, you are not going to want to miss that group. You'll also be able to connect with me personally, ask questions, and get access to a ton of free resources that I give out. All right, guys, again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out, mentors.